You're listening to Woman in Politics London. Hello, I'm Sue Hillis, a board member of Women in Politics. Women in Politics has launched the 2020 Ask Her campaign as part of an effort to encourage women to consider running for office in an upcoming election at any level of government. This campaign's primary goal is to support all women who would like to become involved with politics by sharing the experiences, perspectives, and advice of other women who've already entered this arena. We will hear from women who previously served in public office, from current elected officials and women who ran in the past. All will offer their advice and experience to help inspire other women to enter the race. Above all, we want to achieve the goal of having more women's voices at decision-making tables. Today, we welcome Peggy Sattler, MPP for London West. Welcome, Peggy. Thank you for having me, Sue. So tell me about what inspired you or what, what was the moment when you decided that you wanted to run? Well, before I do that, I want to say thank you and congratulations to women in politics. I, I think that we are the only community that has this kind of grassroots made in London kind of initiative to support women. And uh, I think that it's just great. So uh, thank you for the great work that uh, that you are doing. So uh, my story is um, goes back a long, long time ago. I grew up as the eldest child in a family where where my uh, youngest brother had uh, an intellectual disability. And this was in the 1960s. There were no special education programs at school. And I saw my mother advocate fiercely to get my brother the kind of educational supports uh, that he needed. So I've always been very passionate about education. I recognized uh, very early that people treated my brother differently than my sister and I. And it was through the public education system that my brother was going to be able to have any opportunities to you know, to engage and, and participate fully in society. And uh, so that has always been uh, very important to me. And I also think of my mother as an example of a, of a, uh, of, of a, wo a woman who had to really push and advocate to, uh, to make sure that, uh, that my brother was, uh, was supported. So in, uh, in uh, 1998, uh, we had just moved to London, my husband and I. Uh, I had a, 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 a toddler and a, 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 I was pregnant with my second child. And we had just moved to London and then there was um, there was uh, a teacher strike, a province-wide teacher strike. And, uh, and actually my son, was just starting JK the year of the teacher strike. And, uh, and so I had, you know, I was really excited about him getting into the school system and I was really eager to, to become involved with the school council, et cetera. And then uh, the strike happened and, and there was a, there was a, a meeting after the teachers had gone back of the school council and and it was my first school council meeting that I was attending and there was, uh, you know, they talked about the poinsettia fundraiser and, uh, you know, the, the hot dog day and, and pizza day and stuff and then there was a motion to adjourn and so 
I said, aren't we going to talk about what just happened in public education in the province of Ontario? They said the school council is not the appropriate place to do that. So I thought, okay, so <laughs> what is the appropriate place? And then uh, at the same time, there were changes brought in by the by the Harris government that uh, that reduced the size of, of trustee honoraria. So it was only going to be $5,000 for people who were serving as trustee. And the first election following those changes was in 2000. And the then chair of the board issued a media release encouraging Londoners who were interested in public education to consider to run because they were they were worried that nobody was going to want to uh, fill the role of trustee when it was basically, you know, there was no compensation for the work that you were doing. And so I thought, well, maybe this is my opportunity to engage in politics or in policy and talk about, you know, what kind of education we need in this province. And so uh, I talked to people I knew, I talked to some of my neighbors, other, other parents whose kids were in school with my son. And then, uh, you know, I, I talked to uh, Lisa Whittefield, who you are, uh, probably know well. She had uh, a little grassroots advocacy organization called PERC, Public Education Rights Coalition, that had kind of started up. And I, I talked uh, at length to Lisa about you know, uh, about the school system, the role of trustee, you know, trying to assess, did I know enough about pub public education? Did I know enough about being a trustee? And then I waffled back and forth as to what I was going to do. And then eventually, on the last hour of the last day of the uh, nomination period, I got up the courage to go to City Hall and uh, sign up as a candidate for the school board. And, and all of this was motivated really by my, my interest in public education from a very young age and my, and my, my, um, you know, my passion to make sure that public education was inclusive uh, for children like my, my brother, for children with special needs, uh, and, and also understood the, the role of public education as the great equalizer in creating opportunities that so many uh, young people don't have access to because of, of their family circumstances. So what led you then to move on to the bigger stage of, of provincial politics then? So I I served on the school board for 13 years and, uh, and it was incredibly rewarding and uh, fulfilling. And, and I went on to, um, to represent uh, the Thames Valley District School Board as part of the Ontario Public School Boards Association, the provincial advocacy organization. And I was a vice president at, uh, at, at OBSPA. And, uh, and that was taking me more and more uh, into uh, understanding the importance of provincial policy in dictating what school boards can and cannot do. And so I knew that to make, you know, to make the Kind of changes that I wanted to see in public education, uh, playing a role at the provincial level 
was going to be really important. And then, uh, and also there was, you know, a, a lot going on in public education and, and there was increasing micromanagement for, at the provincial level around the role of school boards. And so, so I was feeling a little bit hemmed in uh, by the role of trustee. And then there was uh, the retirement of, uh, of Chris Bentley, who was the, uh, the Liberal MPP for, uh, for London West. And a whole bunch of people started uh, coming to me and uh, encouraging me to think about about uh, uh, seeking the nomination for as for the NDP uh, to run in uh, in the by election that was uh, that had just been called for for London West. So uh, I went through the same process again. I talked to everybody I knew <laughs> to say, you know, do you think this would be a good idea? Do you think I would be good at it? Um, and, and and, and at that time, I have to say, my son was already in university, my daughter was in her final year of high school. And so I knew that the, that the implications for family life uh, were not as significant if I had made a decision to run provincially earlier. And I was comfortable with that. You know, I, I, I felt like I could, I, could, uh, I could be an MPP, uh, I could be living in Toronto and living in London, and I, I wouldn't have to sacrifice as much as, as many women do who have young children who uh, who are representing their communities at the provincial or federal level. So you, you talked about how you felt about whether you could do it and also about whether your family was ready or you were in the right place to do that. Were there any other questions you felt you needed to ask yourself or answer for yourself before you, you made that final commitment? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one of my challenges in public life has always been that I'm an introvert and politics really is a game for extroverts. And so I had to look deep inside myself and uh, and really kind of uh, probe my willingness to go outside of my comfort zone uh, to play uh, that much of a public role. And um, the, the for me, what I found over the years as a trustee, and, and I continue to find this as an MPP, uh, is that when you when you believe in something, when you when you know with your heart that this has to change, you can find your voice. You you know it's easy to find your voice in those kinds of situations. So so for me, the big question was um, was was becoming a public figure. Um, uh, giving up that that private side of of my personality that you know that that many extrovert or introverts uh, you know that, that that's our reality uh, and, uh, and and taking that step uh, but but there were so many things going on again in public education you know at that time in 2013 when i ran for the school board there had just been a, uh, a withdrawal of extracurricular activities at the secondary level a whole year of that and i saw the the impact of a provincial government decision provincial government legislation that had led to that withdrawal of of, uh, of uh, extracurricular activities i saw the impact on students and families teacher morale was in the basement i saw all this as a consequence of of uh, public policy and so that 
kind of motiv motivated me even more to uh, to step forward to uh, to run as trustee. So there's this kind of interesting bookends that it was public education that got me to run as a trustee in the first place. Uh, and then public education again, that really became important to my decision to to run as MPP and public education remains, you know, one of the one of the the issues that I am most passionate about, and uh, and uh, a policy area that I I believe fundamentally we need to see some changes, and that that's what I continue to push for. Well, having seen you both live and on video on the floor of the house at Queens Park, making very impassioned speeches about things that you care about beyond just education, lots of things that affect Londoners and those in London West, I can certainly attest to the fact that as an introvert, you make, very, <laughs> you make a very good speaker on behalf of those causes. So thank you from all of us in London for that, because we, we appreciate you being there to, to advocate on our behalf. Well, thank you. So tell me a little bit about campaigning, Peggy. Tell me about what it was like to be out there campaigning and were there a lot of differences between when you were running for the school board and when you were running for an MPP spot? What was it like on the campaign trail for you? Well, I'm going to go way back uh, because I have been actually volunteering in NDP campaigns since I was in my 20s. And uh, I re always remember the first campaign that I ever volunteered in as an introvert. I went into the campaign office and I said, I would, uh, uh, you know, I was here to volunteer to stuff envelopes or do something behind the scenes, didn't want to talk to voters. And, uh, and then I did that for a couple of days. I was really interested in the running of the campaign and how things work. And uh, I, I got to know the candidate who was a, a, just an amazing, inspirational woman, Marion Dewar. She had been former mayor of Ottawa, had been the first woman president of the federal NDP and was just uh, just uh, like I was I was in awe of of Marion Dewar. Uh, but anyway, Marion came into the campaign office one day and said, will, will you go canvassing with me? So I went canvassing with Marion and then we sort of got a regular schedule. And then I started talking, you know, we started splitting up. And so I would go to my own doors and she would be, we would leapfrog. And I found I really liked talking to voters. I really liked uh, the interaction at the doorstep. I really liked these conversations about the issues that were important to people. And so eventually I, uh, I ended up, you know, I wasn't canvassing with, with the candidate anymore. I was canvassing on my own. I, I was canvassing three or four polls. I was canvassing four, like I was a full-time canvasser and I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, and for me, that's always been uh, really the thing that I enjoy most about politics is that one-on-one -on -one engagement with people to hear what people care about, uh, to hear you know, their hopes and dreams for their families and their communities. And, uh, and you really get that when you are, you are going door to door. And I know sometimes it drives the volunteers crazy, like my campaign team crazy when I'm out canvassing, because I, I like to talk at the door. I like to engage with people. I like to have meaningful conversations. And, and a lot of times the campaign team just wants you to move as quickly as possible and, uh, and not stop to have those conversations. But I 
I, I, I have found that both when I was campaigning for the school board, and I have to tell you that when you are knocking on doors as a candidate for the school board, people don't expect to see candidates for the school board uh, at their doorstep. So, so that was interesting at that time. And of course, the, the groupings of wards that school board candidates run in are, are very large geographically. So they're and you, you you have almost no no money uh, to run a campaign, so you really have to be selective in in where you canvass. Uh, but I know that I would I got some very surprised looks when I showed up at the door when I was uh, when I was campaigning for school board, um, and uh, and I continue to enjoy knocking on doors very much uh, as an MPP, and I I try to I try to knock on doors. Um, like between elections, which also really surprises people when you show up at the door and you're just there to say, wanna make sure you know uh, how to contact me if you're having a problem, wanna hear what's what's on your mind right now, any issues you you think I should be uh, I should be advocating on. But I've always I've always had a, a very positive experience uh, with people at, at the door. And and this is always something that volunteers never really believe until they actually get out there and knock on doors. But, but voters appreciate the fact that somebody is volunteering to elect a candidate and they respect the process. And so it doesn't matter if they are supporting the party that you're representing when you're going door to door or you know, you're, you're cam campaigning on your own behalf if you're running for, for school board or council. Um, it doesn't matter what how people uh, perceive you or your party, they uh, for almost almost universally, they respect the fact that that uh, a volunteer is committed enough to take the time to go door to door on behalf of somebody else, or that the candidate is going door to door to talk to voters and to you know hear what voters think and uh, and the issues that they that they feel are important. So do you think you faced any particular barriers because you're a woman when you are campaigning or when as you are in office? So this is this is an interesting question for me because in some in in some weird way I almost think I benefited from my gender. When I first ran on the school board, there were uh, there were five male candidates and one female candidate, me. And uh, at that time, and I think it's still the case, uh, voters were asked to elect two, two trustees for a, a particular grouping of, uh, of city wards. And so I always think that the fact that there was only one female name on the ballot and there were five male names on the ballot, I think that that actually benefited me because, you know, I think that maybe voters felt that that was a good symmetry to have a, a man and a and a woman. And then again, this is kind of like, you know, uh, kind of like uh, karma, I think. But when I ran for MPP in London West in 2013, once again, there were five male candidates on the ballot and one female candidate, me. So, so uh, in pretty much every election I have now in the last election, the green candidate, I had a, a female candidate representing the Green Party, but that was the first time I've ever had uh, a woman candidate running against me. And, and, you know, I, 
and the literature shows, the literature shows that people will elect women when women's names are on the ballots. Uh, the, the challenge is getting women to put their names on the ballot, but the research shows that women are elected, you know, just as often as men are elected when their names are on the ballot. And so I have, I've always felt that, that in some way, being a woman has actually helped me, <laughs> you know, having my, uh, my name on the ballot because I've always, almost always only been contending against male, male candidates. And I, I get a lot of feedback, especially from women that they like my style. You know, I, I, I am, I, I always, I, I, I come, I come across and I am a very reasonable person. You know, I don't, I don't um, engage in wild theatrics and accusations and, you know, that kind of uh, amped up sort of style. I have a, I have a much more, a much more kind of thoughtful approach. And, and I think that that, I think that that appeals to a lot of voters. And uh, I know that it appeals to women because I've heard that feedback from my, you know, the televised uh, media debates and things like that. I, I have received uh, that kind of feedback. So what advice or guidance would you offer a woman who's just starting to think about running for political office? Well, for me, I worked in many campaigns and I saw it was very helpful for me to see other women in those roles. So to see other other women in a political environment, um, how they handled themselves, how they how they interacted with voters. You know, I think that those kinds of experiences are invaluable. And I know for myself, it really helped position me when I was, uh, when I decided to make that, that uh, giant leap <laughs> and, uh, and run for office. So the one piece of advice I, I would give for sure is to get involved in, in campaigns. And in particular, if there's a woman candidate whose party or platform speaks to your issues, then, then uh, join in and, and become involved and get to learn more about, about the issues and about that candidate's you know, um, response to those issues. And you can, you can learn a lot by, uh, by watching and by, uh, by participating I know as a as a candidate myself, um, I always try to when there's a new volunteer, I always try to uh, arrange to canvas with that new volunteer so that that volunteer gets to know me and then sort of understands more about the kinds of issues that voters will raise at the doorstep. And I think that that's uh, that's really important. I I'm kind of paying it forward from the from the mentorship and the the support that I had received when I was uh, when I was young younger and interested in uh, in becoming more involved politically. Certainly we've heard actually from many women how important mentorship is and has been for them as well. So it's wonderful to hear you talking about that and, and paying it forward by, by mentoring others as well. What are some of the other supports that you receive that or do receive that are most helpful or most important to you and how did you find those supports? Um, so I have, my husband is a political science professor, uh, so I have that, um, and we met through politics, uh, which is, which is, it's a tremendous 
asset when you have that kind of uh, relationship where, you know, I can go home and vent and uh, my husband is always, um, is always very, uh, you know, he, he understands the environment in which I'm working. He studies it as an academic. And so it's great to be able to have that feedback. But I know, you know, I'm, I'm in a unique position. Uh, a lot of my, uh, my female uh, MPP colleagues don't have don't have somebody at home who who is as as up to up to speed on 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 the political environment as as my husband but but they have strong family support regardless so so the the support that i have received both from my husband and my my children who have all been active in my campaigns has been uh, has been really uh, important for me and I think it would be much more difficult if you didn't have that family uh, backing you up. So, so that's been really, really valuable. Um, the NDP has a um, has a fund called the Agnes McPhail Fund, uh, which has which was established with at the provincial level specifically to support women candidates. And I was able to access some some funding from the Agnes McPhail fund for things like a professional wardrobe, for hair, you know, for, for the things that start starting out women candidates don't always have, have access to. And, and so it can cost, can cost money. So the Agnes McPhail fund kind of recognizes those, those financial costs that are, that can be associated with that, uh, with running, particularly at the, at the provincial or federal level. So, so there's the financial supports. And I do want to say, I've, I've told this story many times, when I was thinking about running for the school board the, the very first time in 2000, 20 years ago, 20 years ago today, actually, uh, is the Maybe. day that I, it's the day that I was elected. Yeah, uh, November 13th, 2020. Uh, but the, or sorry, 2000. Um, but when I had been involved with the NDP in, in London uh, prior to, to my decision to run for the school board, and I had come to know Marion, Marion Boyd, who is another woman that I consider a, uh, uh, an incredible mentor and, uh, and friend. And so I had told, she was one of the people I talked to about whether I should run or not. And, uh, and she, uh, she opened up her checkbook and uh, she wrote me a check. And uh, you'll never know the, the kind of confidence boost that that gave me to have a woman who I respected and admired as much as I did Marion Boyd. And so, so the, the financial support that you can get either from the party in the case of the Agnes McPhail Fund, but also from the people around you, having, having people around you who, who know you and who, who are willing to, to, you know, invest, support you to, uh, to get elected is, uh, is really powerful. So that, that has always meant a lot to me. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story today, Peggy. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget to follow the rest of this campaign on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.